Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Three monster games. I think, in the NFL that stood out above all the other games that were played because they featured two different teams with aspirations, not just to make the playoffs, but hopefully to be able to win a game once you get to the playoffs. I think that's a reasonable expectation. And a lot of the games, obviously, going on in the NFL yesterday, you had teams trying to stay alive for the playoffs, team that's trying to prove whether or not they got the right quarterback. You know, there are a lot of different storylines. To me, there were three games that on their face you watched and you thought, okay, each of these teams has aspirations to be a playoff team and also to potentially win a game there, right? And those three games were as follows. Titans-Ravens. What did we learn from Titans-Ravens? Ravens are fading Titans, I'm not sure that they are a team that can make a run like they did last year. So many different injuries. But the Titans got a monumental win on the road against the Ravens. And if you've heard me talking on this program throughout the show so far, I have severe doubts about whether the Ravens are capable of winning a playoff game this year. And also about whether their offense has finally been caught up to by the rest of the NFL. Ravens in their last 11 games now, 6-5. and 
very middle of the road. They're six and four this year. They lost their uh, divisional round playoff game at home to the Titans last year. Look at the teams they've lost to this year. They had an opportunity to send a message to the Chiefs. They got drilled. They had an opportunity to send a message to the the Steelers that it was going to be a long fight for who's going to win the NFC North. They turned the ball over four times. Lamar Jackson did. They lost. Titans come back to town. Revenge game, even if the Ravens don't want to admit it. And they lose again at home. Toss in as well, losing on the road against Bill Belichick. This is a wobbly Ravens team. They have to win on Thursday or else I think there's severe questions about whether or not they're going to be in the playoffs at all. Titans going on the road against the Colts. We'll see what happens there. But the Colts took down the Packers in a massive game in Indianapolis. The Colts, and that was a crazy end to that game. Absolutely crazy ending. So many different twists and turns. The Colts win in overtime just like the Titans won in overtime. Now we got a matchup between the 7-3 and three Titans, 7-3 and three Colts going on Sunday. I already know what's going to happen there. Colts are going to win. They're going to win the division. Go ahead and write it in stone. All right? And the Packers gave up a 28-14 to 14 lead, only scored three points in the entire second half. That high-powered uh, Packer offense just kind of vanished just when they needed to be there the most. And as a result, the Colts behind Phillip Rivers, really starting to get on an absolute roll. And then Sunday night football, Chiefs and the Raiders. I'm sorry, Raider fans, that this had to happen to you. I'm sorry for Danny G. I'm sorry for Roberto. I'm sorry for everybody out there who is a Raider fan. But the Chiefs went up and down the field, 460 total yards, 36 first downs. They tried to make the Chiefs have to earn it, go slowly up and down the field until the end when they decided not to cover Travis Kelsey at all. Raiders, to me, are a pretender. Chiefs are the favorite. I know the Raiders beat the Chiefs earlier, but if you look at the overall playoff picture kind of going forward, it's the Chiefs' world and everybody else is trying to catch them. And so as we kind of start to think about whether anybody's going to be capable of catching the Chiefs, I just I, I don't feel like that is very likely at all. Now, what is a little bit interesting, at least as we kind of project the way things are going to go, right now we would be set up for the Raiders to go on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs for a third matchup. I would think that in general, the Raiders wouldn't be intimidated by that decision and would look forward to that somewhat because they know they can compete with the Chiefs. I don't like their their odds of being very successful there, but I would imagine that the Chiefs would much rather play, let's say, the Cleveland Browns, who are the sixth seed, than they would the seventh seed right now, who are the Raiders. But what you're seeing happen right now is the great sorting that's going on in the NFL And you've got situations where teams are so closely packed that one win is fundamentally changing everything. For instance, the Ravens and the Dolphins both lost and fell out of the playoffs. They're now the eight and nine seeds. There are three, six, and four teams. The Raiders get the tie break right now. But the line between success and failure in the NFL is going to be minuscule. 
going forward. But those were the three biggest games. Now, there are a lot of other takeaways out there that are, uh, that are fairly significant. Tua got benched. Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in. Unfortunately, Joe Burrow's injury basically ends the Offensive Rookie of the Year category, I think. Justin Herbert's going to win it. Uh, he was phenomenal in getting the win over the Jets. The Jets are close to. It's down to just the Jets and the Jags, basically. It feels like in the uh, sweepstakes to get Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but Justin Herbert wins Rookie of the Year. The NFC East is a debacle. I'm sorry out there for Vikings fans who bought into the idea that their team was going to get in a roll. I was one of them, that they might win six in a row. Instead, the Cowboys are in the 15th slot in the NFC, and they are only a half game out of first place and being able to host a home playoff game. Taysom Hill makes his debut and looked pretty doggone good. Then Sean Payton took to Twitter to go after trolls. Uh, There are a lot of different angles there in the world of the NFL that are worth chasing as we go forward. But my goodness, what a drive late for Patrick Mahomes. And again, to me, what stands out about that drive is he wasn't trying to put the game in overtime. The great ones, when you give them the ball, they're trying to get a touchdown. That's what Aaron Rodgers was trying to do, and he came pretty close. That's what Patrick Mahomes did. They got the ball. They're not looking to try to get a field goal. A lot of good quarterbacks are trying to put their team into field goal range. No, no, no. Why go into overtime? Why toss a coin? Why risk things if you can put the game away and aggressively go for it in regulation? I loved the way that the Kansas City Chiefs called plays on that drive to go for it. Go for the win. Get it done in regulation. Same thing happened with the Packers. Now, one thing about the Packers was they didn't have as much time left as the uh, as the Chiefs did. And also, I wonder if he goes back and watches that final drive scenario, whether Aaron Rodgers is going to think, yeah, you know what? I made the right decision when I decided twice he spiked the ball to stop it, especially late uh, when they got down in the red zone where they could have theoretically scored. I wonder if he thinks maybe that was unnecessary and they should have run a play of some sort there. Uh, It's interesting to think about. Okay, when we come back, we are scheduled to be joined by Joel Klatt, Fox's lead college football analyst. We will discuss uh, everything that happened in the world of college football with him, including that big Indiana-Ohio State game that he called on behalf of Fox. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. I hope you're having a good start to your Thanksgiving week. Up next, it's Joel Klatt. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer. 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The awful Joel Klatt joins us now, Fox's lead college football analyst, and we got a lot to get into, but I want to start with this. Indiana, Michael Penix Jr., phenomenal display that he put on uh, on Saturday. You guys had an outstanding game. I know that Indiana was down 21 a couple of different times. They finally got the ball back with a chance to, uh, to try to tie it or maybe go for two at the end. What did you leave with uh, feeling like you had seen? Three interceptions from Justin Fields, probably his worst game. I think it's probably fair to say as an Ohio State starting quarterback. What's the big takeaway from that game? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was uh, it was a great game. They were down 28. I mean, it was 35-7 after the first series of the second half. And I, I got the feeling 
that Ohio State just kind of put it in cruise control. And and that's the thing about, like, Indiana, in particular Michael Penix. Like, they don't really care the way that it looks. And they're going to continue to fight, and they're going to continue to play well. And they've got some really good players. Penix not only was great. Ty Freifogel was unbelievable. The yep. wide receiver had well over 220 yards. He was terrific in a big matchup against Sean Wade, which was supposed to be um, Ohio State's top corner and one of the top corners in the, in the country. And, and Freifogel just absolutely torched him. Penix is so impressive, and he has been all year. I know that it was probably more of a coming out party for him because, you know, it was, it was a big game. It's a big rating, and, and I understand that. But he did a similar thing in that last series against Penn State where he had guys hanging all over him and he was making throws. Clay, it's, it's very rare where I see a college quarterback that really impresses me with his anticipation. I get impressed with athleticism all the time, arm strength all the time, you know, all this. And everyone's, you know, all the coaches always talk about he's such a strong leader and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you you can imagine, right? I hear the exact same thing over and over and over every week from every coach about their quarterback. But when I turn on the tape, I generally don't in college see a large amount of anticipation. And this guy throws the ball before the wide receiver's out of his break constantly. And, and it was something that jumped off the tape to me. I was excited to watch him play, uh, in particular against what I felt like was going to be the best defense that he was going to face all year. And he went out there and, and played a brilliant game. And I know we're talking about just him, but like I, I will tell you that, that Ohio State has got to be concerned with their pass defense after what Penix was able to do. I mean, they had no run game whatsoever, and Ohio State still didn't have a, an answer for their pass game. You know, they ran the ball for negative yards and threw the ball for over 400. So um, Ohio State's got to be concerned about the back end. And meanwhile, Indiana has got to feel really good about their chances in every game that they're going to play from here on out, even a, a game against Wisconsin. That's what I was going to ask you about was going forward. Ohio State gets the win, but if you project – Alabama is incredibly explosive offensively. Nobody can cover Devontae Smith. We know how good well, now Trevor their Lawrence is. is and now their defense is rolling earlier. into shape. I know, but I mean, we know for, from an offensive playmaker perspective that both Alabama and Clemson have them in spades. And we'll see what happens with Notre Dame. If Florida were to get there, Florida can go up and down the, floor, uh, the field as well. Is that a statistical aberration from Ohio State, or do you think it's reflective of larger issues? Well, I, probably, probably both because, and, and here's why it's both, is because it's still just their fourth game. It's the first time that they're, they're really getting tested, you know, by someone that can really throw it and has great wide receivers on the outside. So that's why it's maybe a little bit of an aberration. But at the same time, you know, this, this is not the secondary that we saw a year ago, and you've got to be concerned that now Jahan Dotson from Penn State and Ty Freifogel from Indiana have really beat up your best corner if you're Ohio State. You know, Sean Wade was supposed to be a lockdown guy, like Jeff Okuda was a year ago. And, and when you project forward into – see, when you're here, – and here's the, here's the dirty secret. Conferences don't really matter anymore. Like, we talk about them. But let's be really honest. If you're at Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State, you're not, and maybe less so Alabama, but certainly Clemson and Ohio State, you're not recruiting thinking about the other teams in your conference. You're thinking about the other top tiers in college football. You're thinking about the, the semifinal. You're thinking about the national championship game. So 
listen, is Ohio State good enough to, to run away with the Big Ten after this win? Yeah, absolutely. They're going to run away with the Big Ten. They'll probably be in the playoffs. But the problem is both of those schools, Clemson and Alabama, and maybe even Notre Dame as well, and certainly Florida would be in this mix, are totally poised to do exactly what Indiana did. You know, so that's why it's a, it's a real cause for concern because when you project out who do they have to beat in order to achieve their ultimate goal, those teams are going to be able to do and attack them in the exact same fashion that Indiana did on Saturday. What's up with Penn State? <laughs> I have, dude, I have no idea. Listen, I know that, that like, some of their best players are not playing. Obviously, Journey Brown had that weird, you know, um, heart condition. He's not playing at running back. Michael Parsons, probably the best defender in college football. He opts out. That's going to hurt your team. But I, I don't, I don't get it. And and here's the thing: is like Penn State played really hard last year. Like in particular on the defensive side, right? Their pass rush, all these, and and that was I would I would say is a staple of James Franklin's team. And now when I turn on and then, you know, I'll watch some of their game film and I'm like, man, I'm not even seeing the effort. I just think that Penn State is caught in one of those one of these scenarios where it's like, hey, man, 2020 sucks. This sucks. We're not playing for anything. How many more games are we actually going to get? Do you really want to keep wearing a mask around? And it just starts to snowball. That's why I think you're starting to see teams like they're either going way up or way down at this point. You very at least and maybe there's a, a few that you could point to that would be different than this. But I feel like teams are either really achieving or really underachieving. And, and there's nobody that's just kind of steadily getting better and better throughout the year. We're talking to Joel Klatt, Fox's lead college football analyst. We were talking about the, the college football playoff perspective in general. I, I saw a line, you know, I like to talk gambling. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame is only around a four-point favorite over UNC. I think that's going to surprise a lot of people out there because many are already projecting, oh, Notre Dame's going to be undefeated when Clemson comes back into play. Do you think Notre Dame should be afraid of that road game Friday at UNC? Well, they've got to respect it, certainly, but I think that they're far better than, than UNC. Notre Dame is not the flashiest team, but they're really good at the line of scrimmage. I mean, really good at the line of scrimmage. And And I hate to say this, but like, it still does come down to that. Even with all the points that are scored in some of these games in the, in the playoffs and in the, in the championship game, it really still does come down to the fact that you've got to win in the trenches. Your offensive line has got to be better than their defensive line. Your defensive line has got to be better than their offensive line. And, and this is what's fascinating to me about this year's Notre Dame team is that they don't fall in the same category as some of Brian Kelly's uh, uh, previous teams. You know, Clay, in, in 2012, they went to that national championship game and got just thumped by Destroyed. Alabama. Yes. Alabama. Alabama ran the ball for like 260. It was 35 nothing. It was such then, a bad blowout, Joel, that the biggest story that many people will remember about that game is that A.J. McCarron's girlfriend became a superstar. That's how much of a blowout right. it was because they put her that's on television. Right. She got like Carl's Jr.'s commercial. Yeah, and that's all, right. All sorts of stuff. And she married A.J. So, McCarron later. Like, but but that's but, that's the game. Like That's how big of a blowout it was that they put her on and she was the primary story. Well, it was that big of a blowout because Alabama could do whatever they wanted at the line of scrimmage. Notre Dame ran the ball for like 33 yards and, and Alabama ran it for like 280. I, I, I mean, it was an obscene amount. Then you, you fast forward to the playoff a couple of years ago. Very similar story with Clemson and Notre Dame. Clemson, over 200 yards rushing. 
And then uh, uh, Notre Dame only like 82, I believe it was, 82 yards rushing in that game. Uh, and then you go to this season, and Clemson comes to town, and albeit they didn't have their quarterback, but you know what happened is that Notre Dame just absolutely killed them on the line of scrimmage. Notre Dame ran the ball for well over 200 yards. Meanwhile, Clemson could not run the ball. ETN was a non-factor. The game plan was really good in terms of taking him out of the game and letting the freshman Uyunglele kind of have at it. So I, I think that this Notre Dame team is way better than they have been in previous years. I think they're more suited to play with the big boys. And I think that they're going to beat North Carolina by way more than four points. I have no idea why that's a four-point spread. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. How much were you rooting for Rutgers to beat Michigan just so you could talk about Greg Schiano winning? The only team I've ever rooted harder for in college football is my alma mater, the Colorado Buffaloes. So you were watching that game just desperately hoping, like with your Twitter fingers at the ready, for Rutgers to win that game. There's no doubt about it, just because I hate you so much. And, like, it would have been so perfect on a day in which you're tweeting that, that Vol Nation deserves better than Jeremy Pruitt. We do deserve better eyes. than Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, I mean, whatever, but you're in this boat because you put him in this boat. No, I didn't I mean, pick Jeremy Pruitt. I didn't pick you Jeremy Pruitt. You made this bed. You sleep in it, all right? You understand me? This was – listen, I don't have any ill will towards Michigan. Uh, you know, I've been a supporter of Jim Harbaugh. You know that. But, boy, I, if I could have done anything to help Rutgers win that game for the sole purpose of sending some snarky tweet to you, the loathsome Clay Travis, <laughs> I would have done it. I tell you what, my wife, you know, is a Michigan grad. And uh, it was a late game, right? Like late night game or whatever. And so, uh, so we had the game on, getting ready for bed. Um, and uh, and she was, I said, like I know why you want Michigan to win. I said, but I got to be honest with you. If I turn my notifications on and Rutgers wins this game, it's going to be like bombs over Baghdad. Like the, the my phone <laughs> is just going to absolutely light up if your alma mater loses this game. And, uh, and oh, Rutgers man. missed a field goal that would have won it. And, I mean, look, they, they were fortunate uh, in the comeback to even get there. But the thing I was going to take away, other than you being able to, uh, to have ridiculed me if it had happened, even more than you would like to ordinarily, is, I don't know about you, but when I watched Jim Harbaugh on the sideline, I thought to myself, this guy's coming back next year. Did, did like, he... It, I know it was well, Jim Rutgers, and, and, and I know this, they're just two and three. Yeah, yeah. I, I've said that on this show. We've talked you know about what's I coming feel. next. That's right. Every everybody has said like, oh, you know, Michigan that'll that'll change. I I don't know about that. I I I think Jim is happy where he's at. I think his family is happy where they're at. I think that he wants to get it done deep down. Remember now, he played for Bo Schembechler. His dad coached there. Like he's desperate for that to work. He's not a paycheck guy. Like, I don't think – uh, granted, he's getting paid a ton of money, but he's not there for that for that check. And I would not be shocked if he's still there next year. I just won't. They have the eighth-ranked recruiting class in the country. Um, they've recruited pretty well uh, this last couple of years. Uh, another good recruiting class in 2022. I'm just telling you, like, everybody right now, everyone just thinks that that's such a – Oh, absolutely, it's going to change, and Harbaugh never stays. They're going to have to fire him. I just don't think that that's the case. And and what I was getting at is the way he reacted, 
it was, yes, I know that they beat Rutgers and that they should beat Rutgers. You should never be in a close game with Rutgers if you're Michigan. But, it, you know, like if you're looking at their schedule now, if they beat Penn State and they're favored to beat Penn State this weekend, they get back to 3-3. Three and three, And you know how college kids can be. For the average adult out there, they're like, oh, it's such a crappy year. They're 3-3. Three and three. But for the average college kid, you know, like on a week-to-week basis, you get such a variety of different teams that show up. They can feel maybe pretty good about themselves if they get to three and three. Yeah, I mean, and 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 they're going to have this quarterback change. I'm interested yep. to see what that does to their offense because it just wasn't working with Joe Milton. As well as he played against Minnesota, it just was not working over the last couple of weeks. And, and I'm interested to see what Cade McNamara has. And remember now, they – they a big reason why McCaffrey transferred, Dylan McCaffrey transferred, wasn't just that Joe Milton was beating him out, but also Cade McNamara. Yeah, right. Like Dylan was falling to third. Like they really like Cade. Cade is a guy that battled with Joe, and 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 you know after he plays, this is so interesting. And I think Georgia fans would fall into this boat. But you're like. Well, why haven't we seen this before? Like, why why didn't they try to play this card earlier? And I think that that's always odd too. And I'm sure that's what Georgia fans feel like when they see JT Daniels run out there, and they're like, "Hold on, we were starting Stetson Bennett over a five star JT Daniels that can do that. Yeah. Like, what are we doing, Kirby? Why, by the way, why does Kirby Smart have just an insane track record of starting the worst of the two quarterbacks? It, it, it is interesting now that when, when you really break out the uh, the decision to not go with Justin Fields, right, and to and to stick with uh, with uh, with Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, but you know, you can also ask. I was going to get to the Heisman Trophy. This actually is a good segue. If Felipe Franks doesn't break his leg against Kentucky, I'm not sure that Kyle Trask ever plays starting quarterback for the Florida Gators. And so Isn't Dan Mullen, yeah, Dan Mullen's a pretty good guy at recognizing quarterback talent, right? But there must be something that one of these guys is able to do in practice that everybody sits there and looks at and says, "Oh, this guy's clearly the best." I understand, like Felipe Frank's big, strong guy can throw the ball all over the field, but Kyle Trask may well win the Heisman Trophy this year, and if Felipe Frank's doesn't get hurt, Kyle Trask may never start. You know what's what's fascinating to me about quarterback, and you got to understand now. I was a walk on, right? Yeah. Like, and so, and and I always felt, always felt like any scrimmage or or team period that that we could go live, and I'm not talking about everybody else. I'm including me. I would tell Coach Barnett all the time, like, "Hey, can we be live? Like, can we be live?" And the reason is, is when a quarterback is never live in practice, it's so easy to overlook a guy that's way better in actual live situations because practicing quarterback is way different than playing yeah. quarterback. And and I think that you, you see that distinction only in game settings and in actual live settings and scrimmages. So my entire four years, I started for three years and every scrimmage I would, I would plead with him. I'd be like, can you please make us live? And the reason was, all the other quarterbacks looked better than me in practice. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, listen, you know, like this is my way to retain the job is operate the offense with a live rush, move the football down the field and do all the things that are more intangible about 
you know, putting the ball in the end zone and, and moving it down the field. Like I can remember, you know, they got, I got banged up one year. I think it was my junior year or something like that. And I probably could have played and I wasn't playing very well anyways, but they were like, Hey, we're going to start your, you know, the other guy, the backup. And he went out there for a quarter and a half and it was just like, it ain't like, it ain't happening, man. And, and he was a much better practice player than I was. If you just will come out and watch seven on seven, you'd be like, why is Clad starting over that kid? Right? Like he's so much better. So I think that that is, has a big reason to it. And as we, as we pull back from, from being full contact and practice across college football, I think that, that quarterbacks lose the ability to prove why they should be on the field in live situations. And, and I think that's a big reason why you see a lot of these coaches go with guys that might just look better in practice, but really in, in the live game situation aren't the best option. Do you buy into Kyle Trask as being a prohibitive favorite at this point? The odds makers have him as a substantial favorite in the wake of Trevor Lawrence not getting to play in that game. I'm sure you've seen all the controversy about Florida State versus Clemson. Yeah, certainly yeah. the 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 situation with uh, the game that you had, where uh, you know it's probably the worst game that Justin Fields has played as an Ohio State starter, yeah. and then Mac Jones no wasn't doubt. asked to do very much as Alabama just absolutely obliterated Kentucky. Should Kyle Trask, he's got uh, Kentucky this weekend, probably will post good numbers again. Then Tennessee probably will post good numbers again. And then, in theory, that game against LSU, if they actually play it, I would think with that LSU defense, he'd post good numbers again. He's going to have big numbers going into the Alabama game in the SEC championship. He's going to have to win that game. I don't think that they're that they're going to give him the Heisman Trophy if if he has those two losses. When you're going to have an undefeated Alabama at that point with a Mac Jones or an undefeated Ohio State with Justin Fields, depending on he, how he plays. But I, I would have said no that he wouldn't have been my favorite um, before this weekend. Um, but after this weekend, after the way that Fields played, I, I think that that Trask is is probably the favorite. But I think that it's still a long shot for him, just because of that that mountain to climb, which is Alabama. Listen, I th- here's here's the way to put it: He's in the driver's seat. I think he controls his own destiny more so than anybody else. If they went out, Kyle Trask is going to win your Heisman Trophy. Um, but but I just I, I don't. I don't know, man. I know that the Alabama defense, at least the pass defense, can be stressed. They can be gotten here and there. But I just think that, that that's going to be a really tough game for a team in Florida that defensively is not going to keep Alabama from scoring 42 points. You know, So we'll see how that goes. But that's where I kind of stand on the Heisman Trophy. I got all sorts of crap from all the RTRs on there because I didn't have Mac Jones in my top five. Yes. And I'm just like, man, he's not – you know, you could make an argument that he's not in the top five players on his own offense, right? Like that's that would just be my deal. Like, yes, Pitts is really good, and, and Trask might not be the the single best player on his own offense, but he's close. He's really close. Justin Fields clearly the best player on his own offense. Mac Jones, uh, I don't know. You know, I mean, I, he's he's not Najee Harris and Devonte Smith. Devonte Smith may be the best offensive player in college football, right? I mean, Kyle right. Pitts well, is up there. So, but I mean, if you looked at the ability when they brought in Bryce Petty and Devonte Smith they left him in. I mean, and you know, Waddle's injured or whatever, but the 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 ability of Devonte Smith, nobody can cover him. No. 
No, and and so I think that that's going to hurt Mac Jones when when we get down to it. I think the, the the Heisman's always an interesting deal, man. It really is, and it tends to be like, well, who's the best quarterback of the best team in the country? Yes. And so Trask is going to have that opportunity, and I think his numbers are going to suggest that he should win the Heisman Trophy. But I could see it in the end falling to Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. And remember, I, I also think this in, in a weird year. Voters, I don't think, are going to forget the lobbying and and the leadership of Lawrence and Fields before the year to even play this season. Period, and and I think that they'll get some of those sentimental votes outside of just the numbers that they put up. I mean, a big reason why we're playing football certainly in the Big Ten is Justin Fields, and I know Trevor Lawrence had a big uh, hand in that as well. Uh, from an overall college football standpoint going back to August. Good stuff as always, Joel Klatt. We will talk to you uh, next week. By the way, uh, I'm asking everybody this uh, as we roll through with the guests or at least trying to remember to. I think I forgot with Todd Furman earlier. If you are drafting at Thanksgiving only one food, what would be your first-round pick? Well, I can't just have one. Well, is gravy considered a food? I don't think so. Because okay, I don't, great. I think in so order to be considered a food, like you would have to be able to eat it by itself. Well, I would eat gravy by itself. Really? Like you would just, just sit me. there with a spoon um, and just yeah, pound well, gravy. Well, especially w- once you put it in the fridge and it turns like jello. Absolutely, yeah. I'll eat gravy with a spoon. There's no doubt about it. Um, I'll go mashed potatoes and gravy as the number one overall pick. And but, qu- frankly, it's not it's not very close. Anyone that says turkey should be thrown into the river. I don't that's like the dumbest thing of all time. I can get white meat whenever, but when do you get delicious mashed potatoes and gravy? Very rarely. That's the number one pick on Thanksgiving, period. Pecan pie for me. I mean, that's not a food, it's a dessert. Gosh, you're such a moron. <laughs> It's not a food. That's a dessert is an amazing line. Uh, We will talk to you next week. Have a good Thanksgiving with you and your family. Later, bud. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their toyo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Props to the Chiefs. I feel like we're going to be saying that rinse and repeat for the next 15 years of my sports career because Patrick Mahomes is just that good. And, you know, the Chiefs fans have got such an embarrassment of sports riches to have him and be able to root for him for the next, you know, 15 years or whatnot of their uh, of their time. But to me, as you kind of start to look forward here, a couple of stories I didn't dive into as much as I wanted to. One of them, and I'm going to unpack this in a big way tomorrow. How about the Heisman Trophy race being impacted potentially by games just getting canceled? And I kind of loved Dabo Sweeney calling out Florida State for that decision not to play the game when the ACC said it was fine to play and the team had already traveled all of Clemson was already there in Tallahassee. It's one thing if you call a game off a couple of days in a row, but once you've already allowed the team to make a trip out of their market and they're already at the stadium with some of their employees three hours until kickoff and you suddenly say, hey, the game's not going to happen when the ACC is fine with it being played, I think there's going to be some bad blood going forward over the way that this decision came down. And again, to me, very few people will actually talk about this, but Dr. Sills, the NFL's lead uh, uh, doctor expert, said that there's not a single case of COVID being spread from play anywhere in the world that they're aware of. So because Clemson had a backup offensive lineman test positive for COVID on Friday and they immediately isolated him and he wasn't going to be able to play, 
the odds of Florida State actually being under duress or danger from this were virtually zero. So if they had wanted to play that football game, they could have played that football game. And I'm curious how this is going to shake out now because the comments basically that Dabo made uh, made it seem very clear that Clemson's not going to be willing to go back on the road back to Florida State to play. And frankly, I don't know what they have to gain by playing that game against Florida State, what would now have to be the week before the ACC championship game. They know they're a lot better than Florida State. They were a 35-point favorite. What do they have to prove? If they win their next couple of games, then they're in the ACC championship game against Notre Dame. And if they win that game, they'll be in the playoff. And so I just, I don't see it as being a very difficult situation at all for Clemson going forward. That's a little bit of a complicated story. The BYU drama. Who's BYU going to play? Will they really play anybody everywhere, play anybody wherever? Look, I gave credit to BYU and I continue to because when everybody in the Mountain West time zone and everybody in the Pacific time zone said, we're not playing college football this year and they all quit and canceled their season, their games against BYU, BYU had to build an entirely new schedule. And they, I believe, BYU need to get a couple of more talented teams on the schedule if it's possible. And so I understand their demand and, and the fact that they'll they'll play anybody anywhere, which is basically what they tweeted. But this whole mess of trying to get games scheduled the week of is a big challenge. But I think if you're BYU or you're Cincinnati and you really want to end up in a situation where you're being considered for one of these playoff bids, if if things break in your way, then you have to get a couple of these games scheduled like now, right? Where somebody suddenly has an opening. The Pac-12 has now said, hey, we can have non-conference games. And I think if you're BYU, you have to leap at every single opportunity you get there. I, I just I don't see how it can be remotely difficult at all to make the decision about whether or not you're going to play. All this to say, great games, phenomenal day in the NFL. As I said earlier, three big games. The Ravens hosting the Titans. Titans, my Titans got a huge win. We had a huge win for the Colts against the Packers. Both of those games went to overtime, and then it almost went to overtime with a monumental win for the Chiefs, avenging their only defeat so far this year. Patrick Mahomes is a bad, bad man and continues to dominate. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We've had a loaded show. Go download the podcast. Todd Furman in hour one, Sean Merriman in hour two, and Joel Clad in hour three. It's been fantastic. Thanks for starting off your Thanksgiving week with us. This has been Outkick on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.